1: Hey everyone, Alex, Talanda here. I just wanted to mention real quick that when I was doing this current riding walks, I knew it was a windy day, but I didn't know how much of an effect the wind would have on the mic, so I apologize in advance. I tried to clear it up the best I could, but there's still plenty of wind in the episode, but I think you still hear my voice clearly throughout, so that's the important part. For the next riding walks, I'll try my best to either not do it on a windy day or be stationary and avoid the wind. All right, Thanks. It is Monday, October twenty-six, 9.24 a.m. This is Riding Walks, and I'm your guide, Alexi e. Tlander. Today I'm once again at the Southern Laguna Discovery Trail. I've been here a few times before, but it feels really great to be out doing an actual walking part of riding walks again. As you know from the previous couple of episodes, I've been unable to go out and do these riding walks due to the fires and smoke pollution we've been having in the area. But today is a nice crystal clear blue day. Not too warm. It is a little windy, and we are in a high wind warning and fire watch right now. But so far, so good. No big fires happening again. Good. We are on the anniversary of the Kincaid fire from last year, so everyone's on uh, tenderhooks right now with all this wind going on and high fire danger. Hopefully the mic doesn't pick up too much of the wind, but you can hear some cows off in the distance of the farm next to me. Today I'm going to be talking about first, conflict in writing, and then talking about making yourself right. I don't have too much to say about it, but I think it's an important little topic to cover. And then we'll be ending with a recommendation, as always. You may not know this, but conflict is at the heart of all good writing. Every story that's drawn you in, engrossed you, kept you hooked to the page, wanted to know what's going to happen next, the heart of it is always conflict. It's what drives a story, it's what adds complexity to a story, it's what keeps readers interested in a story. Without conflict, things are easy, and simple, and predictable. The story has no tension, nothing to really drive it. Things just happen simply, and everyone automatically lives happily ever after, and there's never any problems. Those are the stories that don't get published, or read that much. It's Brendan Sanderson, I think, that says he always wants to start off every story or book with action. And at the heart of action is conflict. Because someone is trying to achieve something, and someone else is trying to achieve something else. And they're competing against each other. That's conflict there. When you have characters with different ideas of what they want to do to achieve a goal in a book, you have conflict at its heart. It's what drives characters to do what they do. It's what drives your plot and your story. Without conflict, things have no goal to achieve. Now it can be tricky to kind of tell yourself, well I need to put conflict in this. I need to think about doing conflict, adding conflict. I need to be aware and obvious with all the conflict that's going on so I know I'm putting it in there to drive my story. But like anything else, when you overwork something and force it in there, it's not natural. We have conflict in our lives every day, but we don't think about so that's what we're doing. Whether it's getting to work and there's an issue on the road, something preventing you from getting to where you want to go, these are not things that you intentionally added to your life. But it's conflict, and part of the part of your day that you're experiencing, that makes it harder for you to complete that day. Makes your day more interesting in some ways, too. Obviously, you don't always want to get delayed for work and things like that, but it adds spice and adventure to your life with conflict. And the same goes for when you're writing in stories and books. You don't want to be forcing the conflict in there. You want to let it naturally happen. Now, you might be thinking, well, how do I do that then? Without being too obvious about it. Again, going back to your daily life when there's constant conflicts of you needing to achieve different things, whatever it is, at any point in the day, that's all happening naturally. So the same thing goes for writing. You don't think about it. You just tell the story you want to tell with the characters you want, and you don't make things too obvious and easy. If you've created strong, interesting characters, they'll have strong and interesting opinions and choices they'll want to make and decisions they'll do. And they won't always be aligned with each other, so the conflict will automatically arise. The key is when you're going back and editing or rewriting, that you look at that scene. And really you do need to see if there is conflict in it. If there is no conflict, if everything seems pretty easy and almost boring, then you definitely get a question whether you even need that scene. And likely, if it is lacking in that, you can either cut it or add conflict to the scene to make it more interesting. That's why we read books. That's why we read engaging stories. It's because we want to see people achieving things they didn't think they could, going against the odds, hitting those goals, achieving their dreams never done easily and that's why we do it. Now you can have short-term conflicts in individual scenes, little things that the characters have to complete, surmount. And then you can have much larger ongoing conflicts that become part of the if you're doing a longer like a long story to Villa or an old book that becomes part of a larger conflict that that the character is trying to achieve over and resolve over the course of the whole book. That can be a little different to your little conflicts that just naturally occur and happen. These ones you can work at and develop more because they're occurring over the space of the book, and it's something that's going to take time to achieve and require lots of completions of little conflicts to achieve the overall bigger conflict. And that's where you're developing your outline. You're creating your plot and making it more complex and unpredictable. It will again come down to your style of writing, whether you like to outline a lot to begin with, to develop a lot of stuff and pre-write, so to speak, or whether you just like to have a rough outline, kind of like I do, and then let the characters drive the story and the words flow. So in all likelihood, you're already putting all the conflict in your stories in your writing whether you're necessarily aware of it or not, because you want your characters to work at whatever they're doing to achieve whatever they're trying to do. So overall, the conflict's probably already there. Again, when you're looking at editing and rewriting, we want to make sure any scenes or parts where it feels like it's dragging a little bit, and this, again, definitely helps with beta readers, ask them for that feedback. If they felt parts were slow in the book or the story, parts that didn't feel right or whatever, and chances are it'll be tied in with conflict. There was no conflict in that scene. It was kind of boring. Nothing really happened. doesn't need to be there. Can you take parts of it and just use it somewhere else to get whatever information was in it into the story, but you don't need it in the full scene. You also might want to try, when you're reading other books, just look at it from a conflict perspective, as you're enjoying this story, this particular scene, look at what the conflict is going on there, what's going on with the characters, the story, and what it is that's keeping you engaged, and how it's keeping you engaged. You can definitely look at the use of language and how that is applied too. Writers have different styles of writing, different pacing, and these are all different ways of using conflict to drive their story. It's something you can look at and study and use in your own writing in that respect. So there's really not too much to worry about conflict. Just to be aware of it, to know you need to have it, but you don't have to be forcing it in there and overthinking it, because it's just going to ruin the story. You could even have it as a little like checkpoint or note card that just says conflict on it so that when you're going back over your story you've got that as one of the things to check for including typos and fixing grammar and things like that just one of the things to check off the list to make sure it has and then that way it'll just feel a natural part of the story and you'll be achieving what you need to So the other little topic I wanted to talk about was making yourself write. This is kind of just a little thing I've kind of learned over the years that sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't. But you can definitely find yourself getting into a sort of rut where, and it can tie a little bit with writer's block in some ways, of you just you don't feel you want to write, or you feel like the scene, the chapter you're about to do going to be really hard so you keep pushing it off and distracting yourself with other things other projects playing video games whatever it is reading and then you distract yourself from actually doing it and that the reason you're doing that is because you know it's a tough thing to do something you don't really want to do maybe you're going to kill off one of your characters they're going to have to do something really hard you know conflict again and it's hard to achieve whatever they need to do and that you're not sure how they're going to do it so you just keep pushing it off Well, this is where you need to kind of make yourself do it. You need to force it. That's not always recommended in writing because you kind of already know what you're gonna write is crap. Not gonna be that good. But until you actually do it, you don't know that. So that's why at these moments, I feel it's important to just force yourself to sit down, give yourself a timer, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is, and just bang out that bit of writing. Even if it's just, oh, I'll write five in a word and that's it. If you can't get through the scene, that's fine, but at least do something, get it going. Make yourself do that writing. And then, when you come back later, feeling a little better about yourself, you've already got something to work with. You've got something you can move forward with. Now reading over that, you may find it's not good, it's not working that you can go do something else with it, but you've still got something, a starting point that you're going from that you didn't have before because you made yourself sit down and do that bit of writing. It might also be that what you did do and forced yourself to do turned out to be very great. It might be a cool idea that worked for the story, but you didn't write it that well. That's fine. You've still got the idea there so you can rewrite it and do it how you want to do it. The point is you've done something that has moved your story along. And even if it was painful at times to actually do it, you still got it done, and sometimes that is writing. Writing can be painful. This is true for whether you're a first-time writer or huge best-selling author, I guarantee it. They always have trouble writing it. There's always hard points, tough points, points where you wanna give up and just stop, and throw it away. That's where you gotta make yourself be strong, force yourself through. You know what it is? It's conflict. You're going through your own conflict of writing your story. To overcome it, you got to make yourself do it. I might have mentioned it before, but I always think of a story Neil Gaiman has told before, where usually at about the two-thirds, I think it is, a three-quarters point of any book he's doing, that he's writing, he'll call up his agent and question whether this story is any good. He's like, I really feel this novel's just not working, and I think I'm gonna have to just give up on it. And then his agent will say the same thing they do every time, which is, you call every time, Neil, at this point of a book, and tell me this. So, <laughs> take the lesson from that. You might think it's bad, but it's not. Work through it, make yourself do it, and finish the book. You can always edit and fix things later, but if you've got nothing to edit and fix, there's nothing you can do about it. It might also be good to, just in general, when you feel like you want to write and you haven't been writing, or if there's just too many things that are getting in your way and you're letting them get in your way intentionally. Again, it doesn't have to be much. It can be a few sentences even. Just sit down, make yourself do it, bang it out, you've got something. It's something you didn't have just a few moments ago. It's something you didn't have yesterday. It's a movement forward, a step forward. And that's how anything is with writing. Whether it's an essay, a story, a book, an article, whatever it is. It's a number of small steps to get to the completion. And until you take that first, second, tenth, twentieth, thirtieth step, you're not going to get there. And trust me, in the long run, you'll be thinking yourself later, when you made yourself do that work, that you achieved what you wanted. They're doing something sewage-related over there, because there's a strong scent about it. A farm aroma. Smells good to me, though, having been cooped up for so long. Good just to be out and breathing the fresh air, even if it isn't so fresh right now. Makes me think of a few times I've been on a boat and gone down into the bilges to check on some stuff with my dad. and That's what the smell smells like, so (laughs) make of that what you will. So to sum up for topics for the episode, we've got conflict. You don't always have to make it happen. You just have to let it flow naturally. And chances are it'll already be in there without you even knowing it. But when you go to edit and check your work, you want to make sure it's in there to keep a scene alive and going. Making yourself right, sometimes you need to do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. You're going to hate it. But you're going to thank yourself later. You're going to come out with something you didn't have before. And I'd say more than half the times, it's going to be better than you thought it was at the time. You thought as you were writing it and hating it that it wasn't good. You'll go back later in a few days, a few weeks, find out, actually, it's pretty good. Something I can work with. There you go. All working on that will, that conflict that's trying to stop you or make you do things. Recommendation I've got for this episode is Mortal Engines by Philip Reeve. Came out in the early 2000s. It's a YA novel. I believe now they've done a movie of it. It's actually the first book in a kind of four-book series about a very interesting world. I started reading it because I've been meaning to, honestly, since it came out in the early 2000s. just never got around to it. And then the podcast, The Earth Collective, which is a great sci-fi podcast, deals with kind of a similar sort of story. So I kind of wanted to get kind of a different perspective of it through these books, which I'd heard so much about. It ended up being quite a different story to the podcast story, but still a lot of fun. So in this world, it's set in the future, thousands of years in the future where the world is obviously a very different place but people are still thriving in a way and the way they survive is on these towns and cities that are now moving around the planet on these giant wheels, entire cities and towns. It's just crazy to imagine but it works for the story. They're all various sizes, some actually move around in northern icy climes, on skis, and use different kinds of propulsion. Other ones use, uh, move on water. And again, it's these like, various sized towns, all going up to big giant cities. And they're kind of organized, if you imagine the um, Tower of Babylon, with these different layers, like a cake, like a wedding cake, of smaller layers getting higher up. And that's how these towns function, and naturally At the bottom, you have where all the engines are and the actual town moving and stuff. You've got the poorer classes, the lower classes, suffering to get by and keeping the town actually moving. And then as you go higher and higher, things get better and nicer, and the mayor of the town and the noble elite live on the top and enjoy themselves. It's also kind of a cool world where you've got airships and balloons and things flying around too to transport stuff around. And the interesting thing about it is, this is a world where these towns, these moving towns are just, that's part of the world here, and the way they survive is they consume smaller towns. It's kind of what they called a uh, Darwinism. It's a specific term for it but I'm blanking on it right now, but the Darwinism of bigger towns consuming smaller towns. And at the front, they have these like giant jaws that open up and just swallow up the town, the smaller town. And then they take the resources and the people, they make into slaves and all this stuff. And it's just really kind of well thought out and complex and interesting. And then you follow some main characters going on their story and how they achieve their goals with their conflict. So it was a fun read. Uh, there's definitely the YA aspect where it seems a little dumbed down for kids. I would have liked it to be an adult novel. Should have been a little more interesting. But still, I really enjoyed it. Uh, The successive books are still good. They got a little less, not quite as good as the first book, or that first original idea. But I still really enjoyed the books overall. And especially that first book. So I recommend it. That is Mortal Engines by Philip Reeve. Available in paperback pretty much everywhere. Watch your library if you can get into it. If you can get access to your library right now. And then they did the movie of it, which I haven't watched yet, but I'll see if I can. Okay, I think that about wraps up this episode. Happy to be able to make it out in the fresh air again and do an actual writing walk of writing walks. And to talk about writing as always you enjoy what you heard, let me know. You can email me at alexitalander at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show at all, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast where you can support the show and all the other shows I do and get access to bonus stuff like all the photos I took today and things like that. At any level. A dollar, two dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever you want to do. It's appreciated. It helps me do more shows and do what I love to do. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'll catch you on the next riding walks.